Okay, so this week we're going to try to tackle one of the hardest questions, I believe, that we receive from our readers, mm. which is simply this. What do I do if my husband or my wife uh, is not trying? They're not engaged. I try to have conversations with them. They're not listening. They're not talking back. What do I do? Yeah, there's a lot of uh, different things that kind of feed into this, right? So we, you may find yourself at one end of the spectrum saying, yeah, I can kind of see this. We deal with a little bit, or maybe you're right in the middle of it, um, and you're just ready to be done <laughs> on all levels because you feel like you've tried everything, and yeah. it's just not. It's just like hitting your head against a brick wall. So, so yeah, we're going to tackle that this week. I don't know that we'll get to the bottom of it. I do th- think we can offer some hope. So, anyway, that's coming right up. Welcome to the Fierce Marriage Podcast, where we believe that marriage takes a fierce tenacity that never gives up and refuses to give in. Here we'll share openly and honestly about all things marriage, sex, communication, finances, priorities, purpose, and everything in between. Laugh, ponder, and join in on candid, gospel-centered conversations. This is Fierce Marriage. hard to get to the bottom of something. Absolutely. But I don't True. want people to think that we we haven't uh, had a good amount of conversation about this and read some books and did some research. Well, the only reason I <laughs> use that, the only reason I give that uh, disclaimer is because it, there's thousands of couples that are going to hear this, right? Yes. And, or of individuals. And they're, all the billions. decisions, are di- all the um, situations are different. Yes. Yeah. Billions are going to listen to this. <laughs> no, not quite. But... Yeah, they're going to have different contexts. Agreed. They're going to have different situations, different personalities, different everything. Right. So, I, I just hesitate to say, "Hey, we got the we got the fix all." For every no, one of but those I couples. think we, I definitely think we have some truth uh, from the word that has helped illuminate how to yep. get through these kind of phases. Yep. So. And some psychology, some research. And yep. that's what I love about Hardcore research. numbers what, and data. That's what I lo- Well, we don't have a lot of that today. Just kidding. <laughs> but I have reviewed it and not ready to share it. But uh, it's really cool that the more I dig into the research, the more I dig into the psychological studies and the, the different you know schools of thought is how beautifully it just illuminates what scripture has given mm. us. I think that's just the beauty in scripture too, right? It's mm. It's alive and it's speaking and it's, you know, cutting between the bone, the marrow, it's getting down to the deepest parts and it's always true. It's always Mm -hmm. loving and helpful and for rebuking and correcting all the things it says that it is for. It does. (laughs) I 100% agree. We're Bible believing people. Uh, Okay. So before we start, we do have to uh, do our housekeeping. I'll make it fast, but quickly, thank you to the listeners. And if you haven't done this yet, we encourage you to do it, but thank you to those who have rated Mm -hmm. and reviewed this podcast on iTunes. Uh, if you, if you feel compelled to do it, we'd be honored to have your rating. You don't have to leave a review. You can just, uh, click a star thing and that, that helps us a lot. Uh, so I have to remind you to do that. Uh, you have to click five stars is what you, well, give an honest review. That's the thing. You're not supposed to leave. I'm encouraging honest, good reviews. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Okay. Came from your mouth, not mine. Okay. Number two is, uh, if you want to support this podcast, uh, you can do that now via patreon.com slash fierce marriage. We're actually at like 60 some percent of our first goal in terms of, we have like 59 backer or patrons, I think. Wow. And we're going for a hundred by the end of the year. And it, and it doesn't have to be a ton of money dollar wise. Really what, what we get out of it is a partnership in that Mm -hmm. we know that we're not just doing this. Uh, we're not putting these podcasts out into the ether. No one cares, but really knowing that we're locking arms with people that care about the mission, Mm -hmm. which Selena, what is the mission of fierce marriage? It's to come on now. 
<laughs> Point couples to Christ and commission marriages for the gospel. Wow. Yes. Yay. See, I know some stuff. No, I knew you knew it. That's why I put you on the spot. Yeah. So if you're on board with that mission, uh, that's an opportunity for you to be a part of what's happening. Fierce mm-hmm. marriage or patreon.com <laughs> slash fierce marriage. There it All is. Right. Number three, if you hear anything during this talk that prompts a question, feel free to ask. We do read these questions as often as we can, and we do answer them whenever we can. Uh, you can call or text in to 971-333-1120. Okay. Awesome. So just a quick episode, what we're going to go over today. We're going to we're gonna discuss our topic. We're going to start with highs and lows, Talk, discuss our topic, and then we have um, a question from one of our, one of you, <laughs> listeners. listeners, yep. And um, then we're going to end, well, in the discussion, we always have a bit of a couple's challenge. So yeah, we're going to go through with that. So I hope you stay with us through it all. Yeah. It's going to be good, people. Yeah. Hopefully, buckle yeah. up. Yeah, buckle up. All right. <laughs> Highs and lows. So this is a, a tool that we use. And if you've heard us on the podcast, you know exactly what we're doing. But essentially, we just share over the last week what's mm-hmm. our favorite part, what's the our least favorite part. Um, what's our high, what's our low? we both have the same low this last week. You were gone um, speaking and you yes. were gone for a week, Monday through Saturday. Yeah, I was gone for a <clears> long <throat> time. Usually yeah. I don't like to be gone for more than two nights. Yeah. But uh, this was... Trips just kind of overlapped and it was just kind of how it worked. So... Yeah, you know, I got... It was so, good. Yeah. Yeah, it was good. That was my low was leaving. Like, yeah. I, I left during nap time. It was... I, I, I didn't want to leave earlier than I had to. And so it was like in the afternoon and Della was sleeping. Clementine was up. So I gave her, you know, like a kiss and, and she's, you know, chipper as always. But Della was just sleeping like an angel and just seeing her <laughs> sleep and just having to like yeah. leave. I was, I was getting a little bit, uh, a little bit sappy, a little bit yeah. teared up, but, uh, and knowing that I was going to be gone for five nights is no fun. Right. No fun. And then you and I had an argument. Yeah. And- <laughs> See people, we fight. I think I've heard comments about, Hey, you guys sound too perfect or like you guys sound too happy or like you have a good marriage, but we definitely had a little like disconnect. No, before. I was leaving and driving out and I was just <clears> like, <throat> I can't believe I have to do this. And she's being this and that and blah, blah, blah. Just anger. And I'm just like I working myself. I think I felt the same way. Yeah. yeah it, was a, <laughs> it was a fight. It was a mutual. It was. And yeah. then we just felt disconnected for a few days and you came back. And I think there was just kind of a moment of awkwardness. Maybe it was just me. And then it was like. I really did love you and miss you. I do love you and <laughs> and I did miss I did. you. <laughs> I did miss you. <laughs> ah, mixing up my words here. Yeah, you know, it wasn't our most healthy uh time away, but yeah. I uh but I think we both learned some things. Yes, God is good. Yeah. Which yeah. would lead me to my high of um got I got to have a lot of I'm giving you a hand signal. I'm sorry, I'm distracted. I got to have a lot of good time with our girls and Part of that was <laughs> doing some school stuff with them and just kind of, I don't know, just coming down to their level and having so much time with them. I know it sounds silly, but some, a lot of times as a mom, I feel like I'm kind of just dragging my kids along and trying to get the most out of things, but mm-hmm. not always approaching it with the right heart and attitude. And I think God just convicted me of that, of just slow down, meet them where they're at and things will go better, <laughs> play, play with them. And, you know, I have all these, you know, desires for my kids and it was just like, just slow down. And when I did, it's just, 
the the desires were filled. God just met me there, and I felt like I feel like my girls were connecting. I'm enjoying them more. I feel like I hope they're enjoying me more. <laughs> Not just this well, they're they're wanting to person. snuggle with you a lot more. Yeah, like if they have to choose a parent on the couch, <laughs> I feel like they've chosen you a lot more the last two days. Yes, Ryan's the <laughs> snuggler for sure. I'm becoming the snuggler. Oh, you're for sure a snuggler. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I just think you get tired of Remember having babies hanging language, off you all the time. Remember my love language, though. My love language is... Physical touch. No, that's yours. Is <laughs> <laughs> number one. Two. Your words of affirmation. Do you even know me? You do I really. Mean, come on. Yes. Good job, babe. <laughs> what was your high? Uh, okay, so being away was, was not my favorite thing, but I feel like it was a really fruitful trip. Mm-hmm. Got to spend some time with some good friends uh, and doing work at the same time. So the first... So I actually, it was there were two places that I spent time in. I went to Nashville for two or three nights Mm. the nash went to the nash and ended up uh uh, yeah it was for three nights and i was speaking i was asked to speak at a publisher's conference the ecpa which is evangelical christian publishers association and um they i've worked with publishers for many years uh, on web development and stuff so i got to talk to them about that so that was fun but i got to hang out with dave schrader who Mm. is an amazing friend he's a marketing um higher up over at lifeway uh, and so that was a lot of fun and they got to see our good friends, uh, Chad and Julie. Mm-hmm. Um, they're just incredible <laughs> friends. They, they let me stay in their house so I didn't have to stay alone in some <laughs> lonely hotel room somewhere. Um, which is always good when you're traveling alone. Right. You, know, you want to be surrounded by people who love you and, um, yeah. And then, uh, where I, I went to Dallas after that, I was invited, yeah. um, to come check out really just to check out a thing. Uh, it's a men's conference and it's called Lions Roar and it's, uh, they're, I think it's through the Christian Men's Network, and um, Paul Louis Cole runs it. His dad is wrote the quote. So I don't know if you knew this, but his dad is Ed Cole, mm-hmm. who wrote the quote that uh, a man does not own his marriage; he is the, merely the steward of his wife's love. Oh man! Yeah. That's so his awesome. dad like wrote that quote, which yes. we've used for years. Yeah. And that, that so that's Paul's dad, and uh, so they, he does Christian Men's Network. And then after I had booked the the plane and the hotel and all that <laughs> kind of stuff, they asked if I wanted to be part of a panel for the ladies gathering that happens happens kind of concurrently on the set on the friday and it was just a and so i was part of a two-person interview uh, i got to talk about our story and, awesome and you know the foundations for marriage and just share um just all the things share what god's been doing and, it's great and hopefully encourage some some uh, ladies in the process which was kind of kind of weird like not weird but just different yeah well but they also you thought you were gonna have to speak alone at first <laughs> that was intimidating and, yes yeah. and then and so you had kind of prepared which is kind of where our topic stems from is kind of that uh conversation that you and i had that you had you, you were interviewed about and some of the mm. questions of talking you know to wives about how mm. to deal with a passive husband i think that's where we get most of our passivity from i'm not trying to blame or point the finger but a lot of the questions that come in i would say most of them are in in terms of this <clears throat> this arena, most of them are from the wives um, whose husbands have disengaged for whatever reason. But we do get we do get men that are like my oh, wife sure. is not involved. She's cold. We're disconnected. We haven't been intimate. All these things. So so we to give some texture to that. We have our two groups on Facebook: fierce husbands and fierce wives. Mm-hmm. And so I manage the fierce husbands group, obviously. And a lot mm-hmm. of the requests that come in on, on the prayer threads that we have there are guys saying, Hey, we have, I've tried everything and, mm. and our marriage is not working. My wife's not coming back to the table. And, and the reason she's left, right? The reasons that she's disengaging are various, right? They're, they vary. Um, 
and many times it's usually because she's responding to years of hurt and um and sometimes it's, she's not sometimes she's initiating the whole right, thing right right but it is i think just by nature of uh just maybe tendencies of ladies they're the ones to ride in first because they're more um willing to kind of spend the time riding and mm-hmm. they're, they're not distracted by mm-hmm. things so so yeah it is a two two-way thing for sure so yeah that's what we want to talk about today yeah is how how to get and, and i'll just put it into clear terms here how do we get a passive spouse to engage in your marriage if your husband or your wife is not engaging how do you get them back right. and the assumption is that <clears throat> i think the assumption is that if you're listening to this you're going to come from th- one of three different places in your relationship and i think no matter where you're at in your marriage you hopefully will have this you'll get some insight um, from from this conversation today, but the first one is you're pretty much in a healthy spot. That's that's the first couple that's right. listening to this. Right. So you're pretty much in a healthy spot. Uh, you can see these things, and you know how to deal with you know when disengagement is happening. Right. And you both are coming to the table. Now yeah. this could because you're you, this could be because you're early on in your marriage, mm. or you have t- taken time to really cultivate uh, that culture. But either way, um, it's both. It's a response of of two people versus just one. Where right. I think the second couple that we would talk about are kind of describe would be the one in a bit of an unhealthy spot, but hasn't quite realized it. You don't know how to sort of have the conversation of, I feel like we're drifting. Um, I feel like we're not connecting. Maybe you just don't know how to have those words, right? Like you don't know how to use those words or say those words um, because you've just, maybe you've just gotten married too. And this is, a, you don't understand how to express this, Right. right? Um, so, or maybe you both acknowledge it and only one person is responding. So the mm. first couple is kind of the couple that both people are responding, um, to the disengagement and they want to reconcile it. The second couple is probably a little bit further out, whereas one person may, might be trying to lead the charge on how to respond and let's respond and let's reconcile. And then the third couple, if you want to describe them, we yeah, say well, they're on the, the brink. You might be on the brink. Yeah, basically you've you've tried everything, you've exhausted your options, and one or both of you have completely given up yeah. on your marriage, right. and you're not looking for ways to reconcile. You're not mm-hmm. looking for ways back inward, deeper into your covenant, but you're looking for ways out of your covenant. Right. If you're honest, you're really looking yeah. to get out of it. Yeah. And so, depending on where you're at, you'll probably receive this differently. So here's another disclaimer, and we said it earlier, is that we don't know your situation. Right. Mm -hmm. And so if you're coming here for answers, I'm hoping that we can do one thing and that's to point you to Christ and to his sufficiency. And I know Mm -hmm. that sounds like a pat answer, but really that's all we can do from a broadcasting type of Mm -hmm. situation like this. Podcasting, not broadcasting. Hey, hey, yo, that's where, yeah. Uh, But so that's kind of the disclaimer. And so we don't mean to um, shirk responsibility, uh, you know, to speak truth, but we just, we don't want you to to feel slighted if we can't speak to your situation perfectly. So, so what could this look like? I think that's my, my question. And it always, always helps me to imagine different, you know, either real life couples or theoretical couples that might be experiencing this for various reasons. But here's a few things. I think it could look like you have generally bad communication Mm -hmm. um, in that uh, you're not having you're not expressing yourselves in a healthy way or you're not expressing yourselves at all Mm -hmm. to each other. Hmm. And even then you're, even if you're expressing Mm -hmm. yourself, you're not receiving it or listening or internalizing it. Right. So that's generally how we characterize bad communication. Yeah. It looks like, you know, maybe you're fighting, you have a lot of disagreements often. Um, and I think the fights are kind of unresolved. Uh, if I can add anything that they're just kind of lingering out there and it's just like, whatever, fine. And you just walk away and there's kind of this, underlying 
you know, irritation that just continues to fester and is never dealt with. So there's a verse, uh, do not let the sun go down on your anger, right? It's, it's in, uh, is that in James? can't remember exactly where that was. You're supposed to know this stuff. Supposed to know this stuff. It's in the New stuff. Testament somewhere. Stop it. <laughs> We'll have a uh, I just don't have it in front of me, yeah. but don't let the sun go down in your anger. And what happens, I think what, what that verse is talking about even more than just the day and night thing is I think don't just go to sleep on an issue that needs to be resolved because what happens when you go to sleep is it ends up getting swept under the rug, emotions die down and you forget about it and it, and it starts to fester. Right. Right. And so, uh, not dealing with things that when you should deal with them, mm-hmm. uh, I think that's what you're getting at is they're fighting it. You're fighting, you're disagreeing often, but then you're not actually reconciling in a healthy right, way. Right. There's kind of a bit more, it's, it's easier to give in, right. than to have to kind mm-hmm. of face the music sometimes. Um, and then, you know, there's always, there's no intimacy. It's non-existent or very rare. So you're not having sex. Let's just be clear. So this is how it could look if your marriage is growing cold or one person is not engaging is your intimacy at life is non-existent or very rare. Uh, Second or the fourth one now is uh, no spiritual life or very little growth Mm. in that area Mm -hmm. as a couple and that you might be going to church, but it's very, um, it's just kind of the thing you do. It's not really part of your, your everyday life. It's just part of your Sunday morning. And maybe you don't have a community of believers that you are engaged in and that know you and that you are known by them and you know them, you know what's going on in their world. So you're just kind of filling a pew seat or whatever. Um, You're not really, you're taking up space, but not really engaging. So um, another thing is there's little or no agreement around kind of the important things, kind of those big pillars and foundational things in your marriage. Right, right. Like what what do you believe about yourselves as mm. as people made in God's image but also sinners and what right. does that mean what does that mean for what you believe about Jesus right so if you don't actually have agreement about these things or you, maybe you don't have agreement about how to handle a getting a new car right. <laughs> or like your personal finances you're not you're not agreeing on how to budget or how to uh, be good stewards of what mm-hmm. God has entrusted you with um, that could be part of it. Also, just you have a ge- generally stagnant relationship, meaning you're not growing. So mm-hmm. these are all different ways that this could look um, in terms of whether or not you're you have a pa- one of you or both of you are passive toward each other. Mm-hmm. And so I, I want to bring us into scripture because uh, obviously it's our foundation. Everything that we do is is rooted in it. So I want to go to Second uh, Corinthians, which as many of you know is uh, in Corinthians is where we see Paul talking about love, uh, but specifically, actually, I'm going to go back here. It's a verse. Second Corinthians six fourteen. Do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. For what partnership has righteousness with lawlessness, or what fellowship has light with darkness? So, if you think about the whole unequally yoked thing, do you under? I mean, you're aware of that picture, right? Mm-hmm. You have two oxes, oxen, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> Come on, oxen. oxen. Can't believe I made that mistake. <laughs> I've said that Brian Regan joke so many times. <laughs> oxen. Uh, but you have two oxen, and they are pulling the plow. And if they're unequally yoked, mm-hmm. meaning that there's a strong one and a weak one, or there's a big one and a small one, what's going to happen is the strong one always ends up pulling the majority of the load, mm-hmm. and the weak one just kind of hangs hangs alongside it. And so it ends up um, creating all these problems for the one who's pulling the weight, exhaustion, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. But what's really cool about this passage, if you go all the way up, I hesitate to do this, but I think I'm going to read it because it don't, that's the only way you can do it. Is I, I'm going to go bring up to context second, yeah, to bring context. So this is <laughs> Paul. Good. So if you go up, you can actually get a sense of who he's talking to in the conversation and why he has said what he said about being un- unequally yoked. Right? It's really easy just to take that as a principle. I think it's true, but it's even more powerful. We can see the context and, and the way the the original author wanted the original readers to read into this text. Mm-hmm. Right? And that's exactly how you and I 
you and me and our readers should listen should read into this as well. Our listeners should read into this as well. So I'm going up to verse three. Uh, behold, now, uh, behold, now is the favorable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. We put no obstacle in anyone's way, so that no fault may be found with our ministry. But as servants of God, we commend ourselves in every way by great endurance, in affliction, hardships, calamities, beatings, imprisonments, riots, labors, sleepless nights, hunger. By purity, knowledge, patience, kindness, the Holy Spirit, genuine love, by truthful speech, and the power of God, with the weapons of righteousness for the right hand and for the left, through honor and dishonor, through slander and praise, we are treated as impostors and yet are true, as unknown and yet well known, as dying and behold we live, as punished and yet not killed, as sorrowful yet always rejoicing, as poor yet making many rich, as having nothing yet possessing everything." Then he, this is a new paragraph. He says, We have spoken freely to you, Corinthians. Our heart is wide open. You are not restricted by us, but you are restricted by your own affections. You are restricted in your own affections. In return, I speak as to children, widen your hearts also. Do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. For what partnership has righteousness with lawlessness, lawlessness or what fellowship has light with darkness? So you can see he's basically laying out this case. He's saying, Us, Paul, and those his band of brothers, right? The ones who are, have been working alongside the Corinthians, they've done so tirelessly. Mm-hmm. They've done so much to their own peril, much to their own, um, mm-hmm. you know, being um, defamed. Right. Right. And he's finding the Corinthians to be they're being stingy with their affection. And he's basically feeling unequally yoked with them. And so he's reminding them now in the kind of a in kind of a unique way to not be unequally yoked with unbelievers, but is also alluding back to how he's perhaps feeling unequally yoked with them. Hmm. And so the point I'm trying to make is that's what that, being unequally yoked with an unbeliever will always have strain. Mm-hmm. It'll always create strife. It'll always create the sense of um, injustice. And if injustice is left long enough, especially in a familial relationship, it turns into bitterness, mm-hmm. it turns into anger. It turns into um, coldness. Mm-hmm. Right. And so from there, I want to move forward into kind of the rest of this conversation and that's into what, you know, if, if this is you, if this is you, what do you do? Right? So again, th- this is what it could look like specifically for you. We, we, we outlined all the characteristics of it, but here's the reasons why you might be feeling this way. So unequally yoked is the first one. Mm-hmm. Either Maybe you've married an unbeliever and there's not, you're not operating off the same manual. Mm. Right. Yep. Yep. I mean, we see that a lot. We do. We do. And you know, I think also though, it's a, wonderful opportunity for the grace of God and his power to be <clears throat> even more known, I think, within your marriage. Um, I think it can be a beautiful picture of, you know, Christ loving us, you know, when we are not lovable <laughs> or just, I don't know, just how Christ really pursues us and loves us without asking anything in return. And I know that unequally yoked marriages don't necessarily mean you're not giving to each other. You're not serving each other. You just have different beliefs. Um, unfortunately, those beliefs carry a lot of weight and I think they affect mm. things that we don't always That's good. Uh, contribute, uh, contribute those beliefs to. So just a little tidbit there. But the, um, the other thing you could be, that could be contributing, contributing to, this. Yeah, yeah. to this that you're not, we may not be thinking about is, is, is there a mental illness? Is mm. there a mental health issue that, is undiagnosed or that maybe, you know, you guys have dealt with in the past, but it's, um, maybe it's getting a little out of your capacity to handle. Yeah. So I was reading a psycho, uh, psychology today article, mm-hmm. 
I don't do that often, but it sounds smart when, it, when I do say that. <laughs> uh, so I was reading an article kind of brushing up on some of this stuff. And one of the things that they picked up on was that if you've got an asymmetrical marriage and that you've got one spouse who's active and one who's passive and that one that's so, and, and that can look many different ways. They were coming at it from the angle of like, Hey, you want to go out and do stuff. And I don't, hmm. but uh, I think it, it goes through we're and through. Looking at it. We're looking at it from, you know, you're trying to get, make action and the other's not yeah. right. Yes. So mental illness is one of the things they cited is a lot of times mm. w- when there's l- lethargy or laziness or just the general resistance to change or general resistance to doing new things or mm-hmm. things you don't want to do, there's going to be a, a sense of a hey, selfishness. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I don't care what you want. I only want what I want, mm-hmm. but also mental illness, mainly yeah. depression. Yeah. So, you know, depression, anxiety, those things didn't get a lot of credit back in the day. Mm-hmm. Right. And so they're, I think they're coming to the forefront. They're being a lot, they're being recognized for what they are. For what they are. Yeah. I mean, it's like asking someone, uh, if you know someone who's truly depressed, you know what we're talking about. If you've ever been depressed, you know mm-hmm. what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know that asking a depressed person just to snap out of it is like asking someone with a broken leg to slam dunk a basketball. Right. It's just not going to happen. Right. That's just not how you do it. That's not how you get right. to healing. <clears throat> um, and so maybe meant, maybe that's one of the reasons uh, you're feeling like your spouse is disengaged. Maybe it's just, you haven't realized that yet, or maybe you're just, you know, that maybe he or she is depressed and you're trying to get them to snap out of it and you can't. Right. Right. And And I think there can be a lot of fear involved in those situations, you know, for the person who is dealing with it and for the spouse that's walking through that with their, with their spouse, you know, it's, sometimes it feels shameful. Sometimes it feels like, what will people think if they know that we deal with this kind of stuff, you Mm. know? And, um, I think I just want to, shed some light on God's grace and freedom and his love and that he is all powerful and good and allowing us to maybe walk through some of these things with people alongside of us, with our community is not a a place of um, weakness. It's absolutely a place of, of, of joy. And, and I feel like for me um, it's really built my faith in a lot of areas Mm. of seeing God work um, within a marriage that that has dealt with um, behavioral issues, not behavioral, mental health issues, which I think behavior stems yeah, underneath that. So for sure. I would just would encourage, you know, if there's fear in that area, don't, God has not given us a spirit of fear, right? He's, well, and that comes down to your personal identity, right? right. And where you get your security. Mm-hmm. And if you're okay, um, kind of being known in that way Absolutely. to your community and you yeah. can say, hey, we're not we need help. Right. Right. And so that's where a lot of that fear is there's shame yeah. because you're afraid that uh, it's somehow taboo because yeah. your identity is at stake. Well, and, and on so. the flip side, are you being that community for those people mm. as well? That's Preach, a, girl. That's a good question for all of us, I think. Yeah. And that goes back to if you feel like your marriage is in a fairly healthy yeah. spot, then maybe yeah. this will be a time to perk your ears up to, mm-hmm. to know. Uh, you'd be surprised how many people are on the brink yes. and you don't even realize it yes. until something ex- explosive yep. happens. Yep. Um, and so... Uh, maybe be aware of that. And so the the other one um, that I wanted to highlight here. So we've got, what could this look like in your marriage? You're unequally yoked. There's a mental illness that's either diagnosed or and undealt with or undiagnosed mm-hmm. uh, and passivity. Yeah. So th- I think passivity is really a gateway to a bigger mm-hmm. issue, which is ba- is the distortion of biblical roles. Mm. Now we did have, we did do a blog uh, podcast. I don't want, I don't know, many months ago. We did something about, we talked yeah. about, it no, was a did. redeeming, um, yeah. redeeming sub- the idea of headship and submission, mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. And, and that is a very, well, I feel like those it's are a very buzzwords. explosive yeah. topic. <laughs> yes. I don't think it's that complicated. 
I really don't. I know. I, but I do think it's very complex yes, in I that the a, way people interpret it. Yes. Yes. So, but what is the distortion of biblical role? So we are, uh, are, okay, this is not going to be happy with some people, but hopefully we, we hold it with an open hand. It's not a big, it's a theological issue, but it's a tertiary issue. It's a meaning, secondary issue, yes. meaning that it's not the most important issue. What we we would call ourselves complementarians in that uh, we believe that there are different roles for a husband, husband and a wife. wife. And that's a beautiful thing. Each is of equal value, worth, and importance. That's not in question. Mm-hmm. Each is created in God's image. Each reflects God's image in a very unique way, mm-hmm. uh, but they're but they're not the same. Right. And that, right. I think that's the right way to say that yeah. is that they're equal, but not the same. And and so the distortion of that. So typically the way or the way that looks in the Bible is you've got a husband is the head of the household. Mm-hmm. A wife uh, is I'm going to use this word. Please don't hate me. I'm, <laughs> I'm just this case is in scripture. A wife is, is called to be submissive right. in a way that's not demeaning. In a right. way that's not disrespectful. It's complimentary. It's of complimentary the of headship the headship. Of right, us, right. Ideally. And so Paul uses the, the um, uh, he, he likens it to Christ, uh, you know, um, the church submitting to Christ, but also Christ as, uh, you know, and this is big theological stuff that I don't want to get. Because there's a thing called the eternal subordination of the son that a lot of people believe is unorthodox and it's her- heretical. And that's what this can sound like. But essentially it's the idea that the father is the head over the gotcha. Trinity, but there's questions around, and that's, again, that gets into, that gets into really complex kind of yeah. arguing. Yes. But what I'm trying to say is that there's even, a, there's even submission happening within the Trinity and it's beautiful. Right. 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 And so I just want to leave it at that. And so the distortion of that, sorry for that sidebar, but hopefully that gives you some context, but the distortion of that is two, there's four different ways that that can be distorted. Two on the husband's side, two on the wife's side. And this will in turn create an environment where uh, there can be coldness and, and it precipitates as one spouse not trying and the other one is. Mm-hmm. Right. So for the husband, I'll just explain these. For the husband, the tendency is to either go go the tyrannical way where taking the biblical role of headship mm-hmm. and distorting it in an aggressive way by being a tyrannical leader, by being demanding, by being um, by harsh, by being harsh and all those different things. Uh, and the, the, the flip side of that for a husband is passivity, right? I'm not being harsh, but I'm being just unavailable. I'm being passive. I'm getting home from work. I'm going into my man cave and playing video games or watching right, movies right. or getting on the internet and just disengaging completely, not leading well, but just right. being basically, um, uh, just really, uh, what's passive, the word passive, yeah, yeah, like indifferent towards right. you. Right. And that, so it's actually, it's only three that's passive on the husband's side and the wife's side. So those are the, right, right. So I guess you could do two and two, but the passivity, it either, that's kind of the spectrum is passivity for the wife. It's either they're, they're very passive or they become, you know, domineering and they just are taking over all the authority that their husband has. Um, and they're just usurping his role, essentially making all the decisions, just moving life forward, trying to, mm. you know, run it all their own way because because how their husband has responded or not responded. Or she could be doing that. That's just her own sinful um, Sorry, yes. tendency. Yes, right? yes, yes. 
that could be her. And then the other one is to be, so she is usurping his role. That's the aggressive version. And the right. passive version, she's a doormat. Yeah. You know, she never challenges him on things that he should be challenged on. Right. The issues of character or sin or right. issues of un- and unwise I th- behavior. I think we're hearing all of these things too. I listen to, I hear you saying these things and I'm already like hearing all the voices that are oh, for sure. getting super frustrated or saying, oh man, that's me. And I don't know how to, I don't know how to deal with that. Or, you know, you're wanting to kind of turn us off probably right about now. Yeah. Or you're shouting in your car. Yes. But, <laughs> so. but. But don't. We're trying to understand, right? And understanding sometimes means we have to dive into some some painful places and we have to acknowledge some painful truths. But it's not to be left there. God didn't just, he's not leaving us there. He wants us to seek wisdom and understanding. And he wants us to know him better and understand truth because the truth will set us free. Like it's for freedom that he set us free. So it all is coming back to trying to understand what what's actually happening here and, and the reason i think words. the reason i think we get really upset when these terms are thrown out things like submission mm-hmm. and respect that's maybe not due to somebody is because we're almost always responding to a sin that's been committed against yes. us right yes. so if you grew up with a father who was uh you know very domineering or you have a bad experience with with a boss or i'm mm-hmm. talking to the ladies you have a bad experience with a boss or a you know a boyfriend, um, some or whatever, male figure, some male yes. figure who yes. has been abusive to you, maybe yeah. not physically, maybe physically, but maybe, maybe just emotionally. Maybe even use the words like submit and submission yes. and throwing those around. And you've those been have loved been well. distorted. That's what yeah. we mean about distortion. And so a lot of what we see culture kind of responding is because, frankly, men in our country have not led well at every turn. Yeah. I think that's an understatement. <laughs> Uh, and so we do have some of that happening culturally. There's cultural backlash. So what we are committed to is just reading God's word for what it is and not reading our own agenda into it, but mm-hmm. but letting our agenda be formed by it. Right. And then lovingly communicating that. So we're going everywhere on this podcast. <laughs> Here we go. We're all over the board. Stay with us. So we're not going to go any further than that. But <laughs> passivity in that way yes. can create this, this sense of my husband or my wife. They're not trying. Or I've, or she's completely cold to me. Mm-hmm. So some examples that we've experienced or not experienced, but we've seen people write in about. So a lot of times a husband will be writing in saying, I've tried everything. I want to win my wife back. Mm-hmm. Uh, she, I've, you know, I've spent the last month. I bought her flowers every day. <laughs> I'm home early from work. I've made dinner and she is just completely iced over. She's completely mm-hmm. cold toward me. Mm-hmm. What do I do? <laughs> and so I, they're coming to us with that. Or the, the wife will come to us and say, my husband's completely disengaged. He gets home at night and I have these two, two or three kids at home. We've Ten made children. Dinner. Yeah. 25 kids. <laughs> <laughs> no, <I'm laughs> They're climbing all over and he just goes into, you know, the his office. And checks out. Yeah. Or, he, or he checks out or yeah. he just gets home so late that yeah. we're all asleep and, and then he leaves in the morning. <laughs> He's totally checked out. What do I do? Yeah. I'm trying, or I'm trying to get my husband to go to church yeah. and I want him to read the Bible with me, but he doesn't want to read the there's, Bible with it's me. It's a lot of conversation and questions around expectations um, priorities, all the things that we talk about, they filter through. They come, they come down to these these little decisions every day. Of like, mm-hmm. he's not spending time with me. She's checking out. She's always on her phone. Um, there's, we're not engaging. Well, that comes f- from the big decisions that we've talked about of of priorities. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying it all comes from there because again, we're talking about there's different uh, battlefields for the unequal yoke. There's different battlefields for pe- for us people dealing with mental illnesses and. You know, the battlefield looks different for passivity. So that's why we spend so much time talking about covenant and talking about priorities and discussing them in terms of 
why we make the decisions that we make about finances, about where to work, how to work, how we're spending our time, because all of those squeeze kind of that extra ounces that we have. And if we're not intentional about it, somebody's going to pay the price. Yeah. And usually by the time a couple gets to this point, it's because they've, uh, they've just been putting it off for so long that your, um, your relational nerves are, your nerve endings are dead. Right. Again, this is why (laughs) we, we, yeah, we're talking about reconciliation and apologizing Mm -hmm. and repenting and why we do these things. We need to uproot anything that would, that would, just take take root in our garden in our marriage that would yeah. that would kill the life you know and kill what god's trying to do and it's all those little seeds that go you know un not unfiltered but untaken up you know <laughs> like that are allowed to fall and allowed un- to take unrooted. root unrooted <laughs> un- unrooted <laughs> <laughs> super articulate yes. so what would jump put you on the spot a little bit okay what 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 would you do okay so i work in the in the home mm-hmm. but I get nervous when you do this to me. <laughs> it wasn't always the case. I worked, remember I worked down at the state and I commuted an hour uh, yes. each way. This was before kids. I was at church for 30 hours a week. Yeah, okay. Yes. Okay. I was What would I do or what did I do? <laughs> My response was not the best well, either. <laughs> I'm helping you envis- envision yes. this. Now you've got our, our actual reality and what we what you did do, which I th- I'd love for you to share. But also what would you do if that were the case today? We've got two kids now and we've got them worried. We've got all this stuff. And so I get home from work at 6.30, 7 o'clock. I come in the door, I'm tired, I throw the keys on the table, I put my jacket on the on the back of the chair, and I just go, I grab some food or whatever, say, hey, a few words, I'm just totally spent, turn on the TV, and barely and help. And that's our reality every day. And that's every day. Well, if you're talking to me, Selena Frederick, <laughs> this is, I would definitely want to be having conversations about our priorities and our time. Like you as you exist now, not theoretical you that allowed this to happen. Because I can't answer. Yes. (laughs) Theoretical me would not allow me (laughs) in any of these places would not allow this. And I'm sorry, it's, this sounds harsh, but I feel like there's gotta be, um, you know, we'd both be at fault for that. And I would own that. And I would say, and the reason you you say that some of the research we read said that a lot of times what will happen is a wife, is allowing this type of behavior because of some other deficiencies she's got in her past. Right. It's a familiar thing too. Yeah. And she's just trying to kind of fly under the radar because he will blow up if she asks too much. And so it's kind of this mutual making of the bed you have to sleep in. Absolutely. And so I definitely would want to take some ownership in that and say, okay, you know, if we can have a conversation, I'd like to try to have one. I feel like this has been our reality for too long and I'm I'm discontent with it. I feel like God wants more mm. for our marriage. He wants more for you and I personally. He wants more for our kids. And there I don't want to look back in twenty years and you're still coming home and doing this and we are disconnected. Mm. I'm cold, you're checked out. Um But as you're talking, I'm not listening. I'm getting frustrated. We're barely and I'm just on. wanting you to shut up. <laughs> like that's what theoretical Ryan would do. Right. Is I'm just like, are you done? I mean, gosh, I've worked all day long. I've provided for you. So the real you. Selena is talking the theoretical Ryan. Yeah. <laughs> I've been gone all day. I'm busting my tail. Right. Right. I've commuted through traffic. My boss is d- breathing down my neck because of this. And I've got I... these deadlines happening. You know what? Screw it. Whatever. You don't even listen to me. I'm so... You don't care yeah. about my needs. All I ask is a, have a peaceful home and a dinner ready when I walk through the door. Yep. And you can't... And you know, you get what I'm saying? Yes. And I'm so... I don't want to sound like I'm actually mad. I'm, I'm so great. <laughs> I... My heart would right now would just be like, you know what? I'm... Yes, it hurts to hear all those things. And I don't want to hear any of that because it frustrates the... Out of me. But... <laughs> And that nothing was said there. 
but I beep. I hear I didn't beep anything. I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying, and I I would take some ownership and say, you know what? I'm sorry for being ungrateful or for not speaking words of gratefulness to you because I am grateful for how hard you work. I am grateful for the sacrifice you make, but I think we may need to reassess what our lives look like. If you're spending an hour each day on a commute, maybe Again, we need to cut some stuff off. I don't think that's the conversation how it would unfold. I think, well, this is me. Husband, you asked for me today. This is me today. <laughs> but the thing is, is you today would not allow theoretical Ryan okay, so to happen. So you need a theoretical Selena? <laughs> I do. <laughs> you should have anyway, said that in the first place. <laughs> well, I don't know. The point that I'm trying to make that we're, I think, trying to illustrate is that this stuff it's not always super cut and dry, right? So we can say, hey, go home and have a conversation with your spouse. And the reality is, is he or she's not going to listen. Mm-hmm. And so how can we find ways forward? How can the husband listening to this or the wife listening to this uh, find a way forward? I think that one of the big things is prayer. And I think the other thing is, you know, meeting them where they're at and like literally where they're at. We had, we talk about our friends, um, Ken and Linda, and right. they... <laughs> Ken married a Christian girl and she went to church and he did not. And, and they he was knew like that. Wild West, yes. like ruffian. Yes. T- Caused trouble, played core. football in small town. Like they just, they, yeah. he was a bad boy. And Linda loved Jesus. She, she still a, loves she Jesus. Was, she was a Bible thumper. Yes. And yeah. they fell in love and they had kids. And she was like, God, why doesn't he want to go to church and know you and love you the way I want to for years of their marriage? Just change, and change him, Lord. Change his heart. Change he his is a heart. sinner. He needs you. He needs you. I'm doing so great, but he needs oh, you. Oh, the familiar prayers, right? Yeah. And finally, she said, one day I came home from church and I walked to the fridge, got out a cold beer. He was watching a football game. Sat down next to him and said, what's the score? <laughs> <laughs> and like she's drinking a beer and he's just like, what? Is, he is like, who is this woman? <laughs> who is this woman? And this is that not my was, wife. That was the beginning. And they'll tell you that's yes. the moment that they start, like he started to soften mm-hmm. his heart toward her, soften his heart toward the Lord and all that good stuff. So another, you know, the way this plays out is, you know, the whole depression thing. And mm-hmm. I, I don't want to get into that. I think let's, let's try to get, we're running out of time here. What, do, what does this couple do? Okay. So I think the best thing, the best advice, if I could call it that, I hesitate to call this, it is advice, but I hesitate to be like, Hey, there's a solution, but here we go. Seek good to understand. Place, good place to start, maybe. Good place to start is try to seek under, to understand exactly what is happening and put that into words. Right? What is happening in your marriage? If if you're witnessing this kind of behavior in your mm-hmm. spouse, try to understand why that could be happening. Look back. Look at their life. What you know about. Take them. an inventory of yes. yourself too. Take an inventory of your time together. Right. And try to put it down. Like here's here's exactly what I think. How to describe the situation. Okay, so empathy is the second one. Mm. Now, there's a great quote that <clears throat> Selena sent me today. You, you, I think the caption you said with it is, it's sweet conviction. I did. <laughs> and, it, and it says this. It says, nothing that, and it's by Dietrich Bonhoeffer, and it's, it's nothing that we despise in other men is inherently absent from ourselves. We must learn to regard people less in the light of what they do or don't do and more in light of what they suffer. <sighs> and I think what, and what he's getting at there is just em- empathizing with people mm-hmm. and trying to understand where they're coming from, what their childhood was like, what their day must have been like, mm-hmm. what their week, months, years have been like with you and without right. you and try to empathize. Cause I think from a place of empathy is where we can actually start to, to begin to truly love somebody mm-hmm. the way that they probably need to be loved. 
Right. Um, well, and then going and into that next one, next part is, you know, acknowledging feelings. You know, sometimes it feels easier to just not deal with things than to deal with things. Right. You know, in the short term. But in the long term, mm. you know, there's that there's that investment of time mm. and being intentional and reconciling and doing the hard things, knowing that it will produce all the things that you desire, you know, all the things that God's created us for. We mm. want that joy. We want that peace. We want that connection. But it comes at the price of dealing with things Ooh. in the moment right then and there. I'm sorry, am I preaching? No, that's good. You might need to. I think a lot of times we we don't edit. <laughs> we don't truly acknowledge these feelings. Yeah, and we in um, ourselves or in each it's other. It's really easy to be distracted. Yeah, and Netflix, shopping online, uh, just the internet in general, social media, <laughs> screens and the internet, <laughs> keeping your kids busy with soccer, football, baseball, yeah. and everything in between, and band practice and dance recitals. We're not and, against all these things. No, but, but we but are. I am. Okay, but we I am against yes. just being busy for busy's sake yes. and having no regard for um, keeping margin in place for your family so you can right. have these conversations. Absolutely. So we, we're really good at staying distracted, and I think yes, that, as a culture, yeah. that keeps us from um, acknowledging, acknowledging feelings. feelings yeah. Um, yeah, and personally, you know, just praying and getting counsel from friends. Yeah, so I think... There, th- that this big caveat needs to be said is that you're not going to change your spouse, right? And that's why I say, yes, pray, yes, because the Holy Spirit can only cause heart change, mm-hmm. and then go to friends and get counsel, and remember that it's not your job to change each other's heart; it's mm-hmm. your cho- it's your job to love, right? And love is an action, not a feeling. So right. you can choose to love, and that's what I think. Praying is one of oftentimes the first way that you can choose to love somebody. Part of empathizing too, I want to talk about this, is the dynamic of behavior change. So I've read some research while I was on my trip. (laughs) You and your research. I'm trying to get more research oriented in light of God's word. I'm trying to, I'm trying to sound smart. (laughs) I'm trying to fool a lot more people. Stop. Um, So basically the research went to ask the question, how does someone actually enact change or, or behave differently. Mm. And there's what they came down with is there's three different aspects to it. There's, they have to have the ability to do it. Right. So um, take, let's take the example of my personal devotions, mm-hmm. right? They have to have the ability, they have to have the motivation and they have to have the trigger to do that. So if I want to have better devotions, I want to read more consistently every day. I have the ability to read. I have, I own a Bible. I can do that. I have the time if I make it. Um, I have the trigger because every time I get up, I get a notification on my app or I'm just thinking about it because <laughs> right. that's what I'm trained to, to do. But I'd, oftentimes I lack the motivation. So anytime you want a new behavior to begin, you have to have those three things. So maybe looking at your spouse's behavior, looking at your own behavior, it's helpful to, to look at it through that lens and say, maybe they're not able. Maybe if, you're, if your spouse is depressed, they don't have the ability mm-hmm. to, to, to be proactive <clears throat> Yeah, because they're, they're mentally and emotionally crippled. Right. Maybe if they, uh, maybe they have never learned how to express themselves. They don't mm-hmm. have the ability, or maybe they just don't know. They don't you know, feel like they're loving you well because they're forgetting. They don't mm-hmm. have the trigger. Mm-hmm. And maybe they need to have some sort of reminder because they do have the motivation. They do have the ability. They're just forgetting. Right. Right. Or maybe they lack the motivation and they're just apathetic because there's something else happening. Maybe a lot of times you see this with guys that are addicted to porn. They've mm-hmm. just grown apathetic toward their spouse because their conscience has been seared mm-hmm. and they just stopped caring. Right. They right. have the ability to love well and they have the, they know they need to do it. They just don't care. Right. 
And I think a lot of this comes into play when we're talking about the power of covenant. You know, this is, we're in this arena, you know, together, this thing called marriage. And there's, um, there's you and me and there's all the Mm, things we're dealing with. And a lot of times some, well, maybe not a lot, but maybe it feels like a lot of times we are just praying and waiting or maybe God's brought one of you to a place and you are just praying and waiting for your spouse Mm. to come join you there. And there's no shortcut. (laughs) There's it's, it's time. It's waiting on the Lord. It's believing and standing and resting assured and being anchored in the knowledge that Christ is sufficient for us um, on every, every level. Mm. And that is a hard thing to do. It's a hard thing to do, especially like within your covenant. I think it can feel more Mm. lonely, especially in your marriage. And that's when I would encourage you to press into Mm -hmm. and understand what a covenant is. Mm -hmm. Look into God's covenantal relationship with his people, Mm -hmm. right? He loved even though they didn't, mm-hmm. right? He While responded. we were yet still sinners, yeah. Christ died. That was the response to God's promise, mm-hmm. his covenant to his people. He still came and saved, mm-hmm. right? And so that's the beauty of covenant is that it, it's, it's there to be the boundary that governs what happens inside your marriage and that mm-hmm. you know that you're not going to leave if you are bound to this covenant and you, right. you, you stick to it. And there's a space that we can work out these misunderstandings mm-hmm. or dealing with each other's passivity mm-hmm. or being unequally yoked or not able, or there's mental illnesses that we're in right. this covenant. We made this commitment to each other, yeah. you know, to love each other for better, for worse. And what does love mean? Well, when we look at the Bible, it means da da da. When we look at yeah. it, so the Bible brings that breadth and that life and that mm-hmm. understanding to these ideas of covenant and love. And that's why we talk about them all the yeah. time. There's, we can't even talk about them enough. I think. Cause if you guys can get on the same page about love and covenant, then you can work any of the thing out. Cause mm-hmm. you know that you're both on the truly on the same page. You believe right. what you actually believe. Now here's the piece of hope, right? So we have seen couples get through this. We yes. have seen, yes. uh, we have seen dead marriages come back to life. Mm-hmm. We've seen passive husbands re-engage their role as mm-hmm. a leader in the loving, uh, um, minister in their yeah. marriage that we've, they're called to be. We've seen wives we've seen warm wives up. <laughs> warm up and turn on a dime. Yes. And, yes. And re-engage in their marriage. And you know what? They're flourishing. And God has made great in those in their testimony. Mm-hmm. And if that's you, if that's where you're at, where you've ever felt like you've almost been there, just mm-hmm. know that there is always hope on right. the other side because of Jesus. Not because you can just bootstrap your way through it, mm-hmm. but because God changes hearts. Right. And a lot of times he'll use our own, um, the Holy Spirit will use us in these relational ways mm-hmm. to talk to each other mm-hmm. and to relate to each other. Uh, but just know that, hold on to hope and read God's word, pray, yes, believe trust that it's true yes. and trust that Christ is sufficient. Absolutely. Uh, even, even when you're feeling um, a little bit hopeless. So with that said, we did talk about prayer. I just want to make, we have two more things I want to, I want to walk through. Uh, we have our new prayer devotionals. So we talked about prayer being a big part Ooh. of this. Prayer has been a vital part of our marriage. Yep. And we actually wrote two books, 40 Prayers for My Wife and 40 Prayers for My Husband. Mm-hmm. Those are actually available available for pre-order right now. At some point, if you go to this URL, it'll go to the order page. But go to 40prayers.com. You can read all about those. Uh, it's it's a fun thing. There's actually, you, you take a state of your marriage before you do it. You go through the journey. It's called the 40-Day Prayer Journey. And at the end of it, you take another inventory and see where God has moved in each area of your marriage, mm-hmm. intimacy, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just been amazing to see how God has worked um, in, in our, our own marriage own lives through right that. Now, yeah. yeah, and I can't yeah. wait to hear the stories. 
Um, and finally, we have a question we want to read. Uh, it's a bit of a long question, but I think it speaks to today's topic uh, fairly well. This is from this is from Matt, uh, and he's got this via text. Hi guys, my wife and I have been going through it, quote unquote, for about four months. It seems like we were actually on the verge of divorce, but went straight into therapy by ourselves and also as a couple. We have been climbing out of the valley and things are better today. However, we are both seeking and wanting that passion or connection back that we once had. We've been practicing being naked and unashamed, quote unquote. We talked about that a lot and have been um, doing that well, it seems, but still wanting that passion back so badly. Any tips, time, patience, more dates, more sex? Your input is so appreciated. We've been married six years and we have a three-year-old, a four-year-old, and a five-year-old at home. Wow busy <laughs> <laughs> sounds like they got lots of passion <laughs> so first off matt that's amazing that yeah. you guys were on the verge of divorce and now you're back and you're working praise on god. your actual relationship praise, praise god. god i mean that to me that's a testimony of what we just talked about absolutely. right absolutely so that's amazing matt good work and and thank thank god for yes. that celebrate with your wife on that now how to get that passion back I would say, yeah, you, you asked if more patience and time. Yes, always more patience and time. <laughs> but <laughs> Having in terms three of, kids, I can imagine it's, there's not a lot of patience and time. With three kids under so five, So I think yeah. you definitely would need to start with some intentionality, too. I mean, having those expectations of wanting to mm -hmm. have that time to be able to have passionate, naked, and unashamed, you know, connection. Mm. Um, you're going to need time. You're going to need no distractions. There's going to be kind of a lead up and then all of that and then the aftermath. Right. Like, ha give yourself... I think that space and time and freedom to be able to connect like before and after and during and yeah. that's huge, especially mm -hmm. with having three young kids. Yeah, it's well worth having maybe a babysitter um, on the schedule it's every always week. always worth the money, right? If, like set a time, set a day aside every week yeah. or an evening every week mm -hmm. and make sure that you've got, you know, get the babysitter take them out of the house if possible and so you've <laughs> take got them to grandparents house yeah or have your yeah or if they out. if they're okay staying alone staying by themselves the children not by themselves staying away from you guys for one night then i mean i would try to make that mm -hmm. intentional so making space for it yeah yeah, yeah. Um, and then the other one is if you were on the brink of divorce not too long ago um then there's probably still some trust being rebuilt yes. so talk through what you know the various areas of trust and try to do it without letting emotions get because usually when you're about to yes. get physical, um, it's really easy to get touchy on different things. I yes. mean, not touchy physically, but touchy. <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, but yeah, keep, keep working at it. That's all I can say is just keep, keep practicing, keep trying, <laughs> keep, keep, uh, and making time for it. Yep. Don't give up. Um, give yourself that. time. It probably took you years to get to that place. Right. It might take you a few years to get back to where you want it to be. And that's well, a beautiful it, process. It might even be more than what you expected to. So again, just more. I'm just trying to say that yeah. God may be wanting to take you forward in some things. And so, um, just be open that's to so that good. and, and be open to his way being the better way. And the, um, maybe not, I just want to limit saying back to something mm. because I think that God is so good. He's just lately been pushing my own, um, all the things that I think I know and the doors that I'm like, no, I understand that already. He's like, no, I don't think you do. Like, I think there's more to this. And I'm like, I'm sure there is, but you know, I think I know a, a good amount, you know, the pride starts, <laughs> yeah. starts flaring. So just, uh, be humble and, uh, <laughs> yeah, take the time. Yeah. Anyway, Matt, we hope that helps you. And if that's if that describes your marriage, listener, um, we hope that helps you as well. Uh, but yeah, this has been a really, I think, interesting episode. Right? We got into a lot of different scenarios, a lot of different topics, a lot of different maybes or what ifs. Yeah, I think this com this topic took us a little 
it's hard to hash than through. We, it was a bit like a, an undertow. <laughs> so there's like this current that it can kind of sweep you away a little bit. Yeah, because yeah. there's a lot, a lot going into understanding how a marriage got to where it is today. Right? Yes, yes. And so we hope you hear hear that heart in this, knowing that um, hey, we're not. Uh, we're not perfect. <laughs> we're not gurus in that sense, and that especially in terms of your own personal relationship. Mm-hmm. So, just know that we're praying for you. Know that uh, God has made marriage good, and He has made it uh, for your enjoyment and for His glory. And that love and covenant and the gospel are all there as a foundational, like un- irreplaceable foundational pieces of whatever it is you're trying to build on top of that, which includes communication, uh, how you actually love each other, mm-hmm. sex, intimacy. <laughs> money, all that kind of stuff. Just know that there's hope founded on the gospel mm-hmm. and when we're rooted in God's word. So let's pray. Um, and then we'll get out of here. <laughs> uh, God, thank you so much for this time. I pray that uh, you're glorified in it. I pray that the couples listening are helped. Uh, and primarily I hope that they're hearing the hope that, that they can have in the gospel and whatever situation they're in, either now or sometime uh, in the future. God, I pray that you would just be the Lord over their marriage and that you would give them every sense of joy and peace and hope that they could have in you that is enti- that is um, entitled to them through your work on the cross, Jesus. And so, again, I thank you for this time. I pray that this is fruitful for, for the marriages listening in your precious name. Amen. Amen. All right, guys. This has been an interesting episode. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for sticking with us if you still are. Internet points to you. All right, this episode is... In the can. All right, we will be back in seven days and stay fierce. Thank you for listening to the Fierce Marriage Podcast. For more resources for your marriage, please visit FierceMarriage.com or you can find us with our handle at Fierce Marriage on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thank you so much for listening. We hope it's blessed you. Take care.